Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pushing the Envelope, where all manner of fringe topics are covered from a purely biblical perspective. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. Tonight, Joe and I are going to get together and do some biblicating concerning a topic that, well, a lot of people know exactly what it says and exactly what it means. Uh, And we're going to dig into that. So, Joe, how are you doing? And uh, bring up the topic matter and why you was even thinking about it. Hello, I'm doing all right. Um, well, I was just. Uh, I, it was actually. Uh, it was actually uh, another. Uh, I think audio uh, show that I was listening to a couple of days ago, and while the individual um, didn't go super deep, it just kind of. Uh, it brought some things to uh my mind as far as uh noah um uh when he uh planted a, a vineyard and then took of the uh the grapes and, and basically made wine and then became uh extremely drunk and uh the individual on the show i thought they did a very good job of, of uh what they were going after but it just kind of got my mind uh really thinking about um the days of Noah, uh, what the earth was like. And after that flood, after that event, uh, that, uh, well, things had changed and he was unaware of, uh, all those changes. Well, there's really no getting around it. Um, Genesis chapter nine And I have never understood why people look past all of the magnificent details here. Everybody wants to concentrate on, well, let's get right to the point. They want to point their finger at somebody and say that they're the cursed ones and they have to serve me. This is is what's discussed. This is what is want to be known. Of course, the different races always... um, Excel to great fantasy to make sure that it's not their particular race that was the line of that son that, well, saw his father's nakedness. That That's what everybody wants to know. But right from the gates, Joe, Genesis 9 is not about that at all. Um, right out of the gates, he changes what they can eat. And there's no rhyme or reason. So let's take a look at that in chapter 9 before we ever get to him being exposed. And I said that for a reason. Because um, naked's not there in the verse you're looking at. It's not. Never was. Naked's not there. No, I, I, I wasn't. Uh, you know, while well, this, you know, in, in, in person was was that was what they were uh, driving at. That wasn't really what was on my mind. 
um, when I was listening. It was more of, uh, I guess, God demonstrating the the effects uh, of the changes upon the earth and the effects uh, to, well, his family. Exactly. That's exactly what the chapter is about. It's not about which of the three sons uh, is having to serve the other two. But yet when you do online searches for this or even walk up to a preacher and ask him about uh, Genesis chapter 9, that's what he's going to tell you. Right. That one of the sons was cursed uh, to serve the other two brothers. And that's not what this chapter is about. Right from out of the gates, like I said, he changes what they can eat. And he says beyond any shadow of a doubt that you cannot eat the blood which has the life. Right. So before we even get to the physical aspects of the earth, you have to come to grips with, we obviously changed. And there's only one direct reason why God would institute the eating of flesh. Now look, any nutritionist can tell you this. If you need protein, you need meat. Now, I appreciate those that do not choose not to eat meat. And yes, peanut butter does have some protein in it. But when the rubber hits the road, God is clearly insinuating here, your body has been degraded. It has somehow lost its capacity to acquire enough protein. Now, that can either be to our personal body chemistry, Joe, or the fauna had massively lost this particular vitamin, this particular nutrient absolutely necessary to sustain life. And Joe, it amazes me how a lot of people go to the grocery store and they don't understand why some items will be massively more expensive. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you. Check the amount of protein in the product and that's what establishes its price. Now look, just go to the breakfast bars. I mean, any grocer can tell you that people don't eat cereal anymore. They all buy breakfast bars and hand them out to their kids and send them out to the school bus. This is common knowledge. It's common knowledge. And you go to the breakfast bar aisle and look. Why do some boxes just state what they are? The other boxes, the ones that are grossly more expensive, they're called protein bars. So, Joe, we have to come to grips with this. Either the fauna lost its ability to retain this element that our body needs, protein, or we lost our capacity to properly synthesize it into our superstructure. Hmm. So... That's what this chapter is about, Joe. This chapter is about things coming undone. And this is why uh, this quote 
from the Lord our God, you know, appears here in verse 6. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood will be shed, for in the image of God he made man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. Then, <laughs> okay, so mm-hmm. why is he wanting to remind you, Joe, that you are made in his image? It's almost like, well, Joe, he's, this stanza is here, verses 6 and 7 is here to obviously remind you of what had passed away. And in remembering this covenant, it's got everything to do with the blood. And the life is now in the blood. What do you think about that? Do you think he's insinuating here that before now, the life was somewhere else, pre-flood? What's your thoughts on that? Well, it takes me back to um, when Eve was taken out of uh, Adam. Uh, mentally, uh, he is specific in saying, uh, "Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh." And well, no- that's, that's nothing. Nothing about the blood. Nothing about the blood whatsoever. And when you go back there and take a look uh, at exactly what was stated, uh, you might be a little bit surprised. Of course, you're referring to two twenty three. It says bone of bones and flesh of flesh. However, um, you probably should know this. That uh, that word that's used here, mm-hmm. that's actually the word for private parts. It's not flesh. Oh. No, he's he's literally saying here with what you call H1320, um, that literally means the external genitals. He says, bone of my bone and genitalia of my genitals. Okay. Okay, but following up, projecting this this, this forward, mm-hmm. uh, speaking about their nakedness, I hope you realize that the word you need to be there is H. Uh, 5903, that's that's the word that you're looking for because that means to be naked. That, that's what that means. And a lot of people don't, don't realize that this is, well, this is when nakedness is brought up. You can't get around it. It's Genesis with Adam and Eve, and it's Genesis with Noah. Right. And it's kind of hard to get around that, but the Hebrew word you're wanting to be there is... At all, but it's not, age 5903. Uh, so there's obviously something massive going on here, Joe. Right. And it, well, it pushes the envelope, so to speak, because all these distractions with the nakedness being exposed is... That's not what this chapter is about. And did you find it strange that also in the chapter, all of a sudden Noah decides to start growing things? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I did. 
Yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of odd. All of a sudden, uh, <laughs> yeah, it starts. Uh, I, yeah, I thought that was odd. And it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless Noah <clears throat> was really wanting to experiment here, and he had no idea what was about to take place. Because, it's, well, it's obvious that he wasn't celebrating when he got hammered, so to speak. Correct? Correct. I mean, he didn't exactly plan on becoming hammered. No. Have Have you looked at the Hebrew words there in that verse to try to figure out what's going on? You know, I have not yet. Really? Well, it's, it's really interesting. Um, of course, the word used for wine here, um, which is immediately what everybody should you know, take a look at, investigate this wine, what's going on. Well, okay. This is the first time it's in the Bible. That's This is the first time it's there. It is Genesis chapter 9, verse 21. It is the first time, Joe, the very verse you asked me about. This is the first time it's there. And everything here is not exactly the way you think it is. I mean, do you think that naked is here, right? You're assuming that naked is somewhere here in this verse. From the English, you would assume that. It's not. It's not here. Now, uh, what you call H1540, that's there to be exposed or to uncover. Naked's never here. Genitalia is never here. And as a matter of fact, it says that, well, it, 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 <laughs> it doesn't say anything about his clothes. That's not what it says. It says his tent. Okay. It says that literally in the Hebrew, this is what it says. It says that he was, or it was exposed, okay? The midsection was opened of his tent. It literally says that the midsection, which what you and I would call the door, was opened to his tent. That's what it says. It doesn't say anything about his clothes doesn't say anything about him being naked. It says he was, well, like I said, it, to reveal. It also means uh, that word in some cases means to be, uh, you know, exiled. But naked's not here. Arom, that's, that's not here. This is Gelah. So, uh, huh. So that's that's so, that's pretty pretty off the charts. That the nakedness part is in the next verse. That verse has Aram, but here, uh, well, it's it's the feminine form. It's Evral is what's actually here, which don't make sense because this is the the feminine case. So God's doing a whole lot here that. Well, you just have to take the time to take a look at it, is what you have to do. No, I totally agree. Um, and I, I I do apologize. I, I just looked at the, the little video last night, and then I was I was just kind of going over it in, the, uh, in my mind and then just going over it in the English, but I, I didn't get to uh, pull it apart yet. Well, you know, um, good but, deal. 
I mean, but I will. I just, <laughs> I just kind of ran in, ran into some some other things, but uh, it is on my plate to to look at as as well as many things. But yeah, I want to definitely pull this one apart and and so, uh, get some more. What do you think about the the word uh, for being drunk here or being tipsy? Did you know that's the first time it's ever in the Bible? Is right here in nine twenty one again. It's the first time it's ever used. No. Yeah. This is the first usage of H 7941. 7941? Yes, 7941. H 7941. Shut a car. It's shut a car. It's an intoxicant. It's the first time it's used right here. It's not used before here, Joe. So you need to understand we need to take a time trip and go back in time. Because you need okay. to understand that wine was grape juice. Wine was grape juice. Um, right. It wasn't until it fermented until it became this word, H7937, or um, through yeah. variation 7941. Yeah, I've got H7937. Yeah, that's that's a form of it. Yeah. But this word here in the Hebrew, um, you got to remember that you've got uh, – 41, uh, 40 is also Shakar, uh, 39 is also Shakar, 38 is, 37 is, 36 is, but you weren't expecting that, was you? Look, Joe, H, mm-hmm. H7936, all the way through H7941, that's the same word they just put jots and tittles on it. Gotcha. They just have different cantillation marks, and... Those cantillation marks are the jots and tittles Christ was referring to. Okay. All Hebrew experts on this planet, you can ask any rabbi uh, about the jots and tittles, and they'll laugh. They'll say, well, we're pretty sure that the closest pronunciation to Hebrew that you can get to is the Samaritans, and there's only less than a thousand of those left. But they'll be forthright and tell you. This is the whole purpose of the Hebrew glosses in the scripture. Do you know what that is? No, I do not. Okay. In the Masoretic text, you will come upon a word, and they're like, we don't know how to say that, and we don't know what God's talking about. So they'll put the word that they say when they read it out loud in parentheses. This is how you know the Masoretic text is true, because they didn't change the word. That's not what they did. They was just like, well, we don't know how to say that, and we have no idea what God's talking about, but we think it's this word, so they'll put that word in parentheses. So you know there's no mistakes in the Masoretic text because, well, what they didn't know and what they didn't understand, it stands in the text. Okay. I ran into um, uh, where I am employed. We we have uh, some Spanish-speaking uh, uh, individuals, and so I've been you – know, you, you kind of get forced to learn just a little bit. Um, but uh, we kind of ran into the same thing between uh, the words uh, clock – and watch uh, for them in the Spanish. It was the exact same word, but they didn't have. They knew what it was, but they didn't have a way of. Right. Right. Well, that's exactly uh, what they what God did with the Masoretic text. You're talking about the same exact thing, but they mm-hmm. didn't change the word like you wanted them to. Because if they had to change the word to what they wanted, it would be incorrect. Right. So, that's why Delich did not include the Hebrew glosses. 
they're not there. He took them out. Okay. That's why there's no cantillation marks in his text either, because he knew they were the jots and tittles. Hmm. Because all rabbis know that God took their vows, and they know as per the prophecy, as per the prophets, they will receive a pure language when Messiah comes. Right. So it's it's just the English Christian scholars that promote these lies that um, the Hebrew really does have vowels. No, it don't. Nobody knows how to pronounce it. And every scholar on this planet, I mean, the head of uh, the Jerusalem University will tell you this. Now, the closest you can get is probably Samaritan. We have no idea how to pronounce it. It don't have any vowels. We have no idea. Okay. And you have to remember, Joe, that Hebrew in use today, modern Hebrew, that wasn't made up until after the Jews returned to the state of Israel. You do know that, right? It was a dead language for 2,000 years. Right. Now, this is the window Delicious New Testament was completed before then. So his New Testament is pure biblical Hebrew. The modern Hebrew hadn't even been made up yet. Both Ulrich and Dolman, the two number one biblical experts on this planet, edited it for him Hmm. uh, years before modern Hebrew was ever made up. Okay. So uh, you have to come to grips with all that, and that's that's a lot of information for a lot of people to take in, but because they've been lied to uh, so extensively, uh, they've been told that yes, the Hebrew has valves, it's those cantillation marks, it's those diacritics. No, that's a lie. Any rabbi will tell you that. Except I, I guess I haven't. I've never heard that before. Um, well, I, uh, they've never obviously been in the synagogue when Torah was read. I mean, it's just, it's so funny, it's, so, it's such a joke, and and it was funny when uh, my wife and I uh, attended uh, an orthodox <laughs> circumcision. Of course, he started reading, and Rachel had no idea what he, he was reading, but mm-hmm. after the reading, I, of course, <laughs> I approached him and, you know, poked fun at him a little bit. Well, how do you know I don't say that? Because that's a whole lot different. Well, you know it's interpretation, and he just laughed and got <sighs> But these American um, teachers and preachers, they don't have a remote clue what, what they're talking about. There is no vowels in Hebrew. What they pronounce, they had to do something, Joe, because God has commanded them to read it, right? Correct. Okay, so they have to do public readings. Okay, so they have to do something. So that's why they applied the diacritics, the cantillation marks. That's why they did it. So that everybody would be reading the same thing at least. They'd be pronouncing even though they will be the first to tell you, we have no idea what it says. Huh. So with that in mind, there's a whole lot of dynamics going on here. Right. Um, And all of a sudden, we are introduced that obviously you can come to this conclusion, Joe. Mm -hmm. Obviously, everybody slept naked probably, right? Yeah. I there's yeah, no, I would assume so. Yeah, there's no such thing as pajamas. So the real problem here was that the midst of his tent was left open. He left the door open. This tells mm. you beyond any shadow of a doubt what 
<laughs> Mr. Obvious here. Mm-hmm. It tells you he never meant to do that. Because of his drunkenness. That's right. So it tells you that's the reason why this is the event horizon for that particular word for intoxicant is right here in this verse. Noah had no idea he was going to get hammered. Hence, before the flood, you have no proof that any wine ever fermented. Now, you're talking about a physical law of science, Joe. That's that's the laws of physics. Right. Now, do you know anything about wine? What What makes it wine from grape juice? Do you have any idea what makes up the different flavors and such? I do not. I do not. Uh, yeah, I'll just say no. I've got a little, just a little bit, but not enough to really expound upon anything. Well, it takes yeast. It ferments. The different flavors and stuff comes from the different types of yeast that's used. Okay. Just like bread, just like bread Joe. It it ferments through that process, becomes alcohol. So now you're really exploding things because, once again, we're looking at things on a minute scale here. Because what? I mean, you and I both know the active role of yeast in the Bible, correct? Yes. We know this had everything to do, well, especially with the Exodus. They were told to uh, to remember the Exodus. Uh, you have to get all the yeast out of your house and sweep it clean and all that stuff, correct? Correct. Uh, Jesus referred to this many times. Yep. The leavening agent. We know this is his, well, I mean, it's supposed to be uh, his first miracle when he changes the water into wine. He literally ferments the water is what he does. So, (laughs) so, We've got some pretty expansive things here because, of course, we're back to the blood and the life being in the blood. That's what Jesus did to the water. He couldn't couldn't have made wine without um, a yeast, something to make it ferment, something to make the – of course, he's God, so he could do that. But he was showing you a whole lot more. Why was this, you know, his most famous act as far as the beginning goes? But you have all these coming, all these things coming together in Genesis chapter nine after the flood, and it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, we have multiple things in here that that God wants to bring out. I've already brought up six and seven. It's not the only time that a sonnet is given in this chapter because well, you can't see it in the KJV. You don't know that those are sonnets. God is speaking sonnets. He does. The same thing in uh, 25, 26, 27. That, that's a sonnet in Hebrew. But to you and me, if you're reading the KJV, it's just verses. Uh, no, it's not. It's sonnet. It's set to sonnet. Beginning with, uh, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. That, that's a sonnet. That's poetry. Did you know that? No, sir. Well, okay. um... No, I didn't know that. That was... And here you have it again. He brings up the tent mentioned in <laughs> verse 21. So, wow. 
And of course, how read the last two verses, Joe. Of twenty one twenty two? No, read the last two verses of this chapter. Read uh oh, twenty eight and twenty nine. Twenty nine. And Noah lived after the flood three hundred and fifty years. And all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years and he died. Why does this chapter end that way? Three hundred and fifty <laughs> years. I mean, we start with him he's supposed to multiply. And right. all the, and, and all the, I mean nothing nothing makes sense here. And God blessed Noah and his sons, mm -hmm. and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth. Right. Now, wait a minute, Joe. And on every bird of the sky, with everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hand, they are given. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. Joe, this ain't. So, the animals didn't fear man before the flood? Sure. Exactly. So, does this have some type of mechanical apparatus like the love, like the life all of a sudden being in the blood now? Ooh. And where are emotions? Oops. That's a trick question, isn't it? <laughs> where are emotions? Where Where are they? And, you know... <laughs> well, from this, I, I, my, you know, if I had to guess, I would say it would be in the blood. I, the only thing I can, you know, it brings me back to when Cain slew Abel and his, and his blood cried up, or yeah. his blood cried out. So uh, that's if if I had to take a stab at it. Exactly, and that's what you have to do, right? You have to take a stab at it. One thing's for sure. Um, in verse 10, of all that comes out of the ark, they went into the ark, but they didn't come out the ark on the other side the same way. Uh-uh. They just flat didn't. And, you know, one of the big questions, of course, everything here just, you know, I don't want to go too far, but I do want to mention this. Where did the menstruation cycle come from? Well, that was... Well, wasn't that from um, the the fall, wasn't it? I... Was it? What makes you say that? What makes you say that? Um, well, he... Uh, after Adam and Eve were basically... After they had uh, taken that fruit, he then basically said, I will... Uh, well, he basically said I'll multiply her pain in labor. That's got nothing to do with the menstruation cycle. Uh, I know, but I'm trying to... I stabbed the wrong place. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, because because this chapter makes you be reduced to just taking stabs at it. Huh. I mean, I, the real question is, when we go back to that, some of the things that he did say... Verse 19 of chapter uh, 3. Yeah, Genesis chapter 3. No, 8. No, it's verse 8. He says that they will eat plants of the field. Now, you're forced down this path, Joe. You don't have no choice. There's two times your diet was changed. 
Genesis chapter 3, verse 18, okay. and after the flood. So uh, we have two massive changes here. Massive. And why is it that all of a sudden now they can sweat? I mean, that's the next verse. Oh. As he says, from now on, you'll sweat. Which. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. All kinds of uh, physical changes going on here, but uh, you just have to come to grips with the simple fact that that. When we go back to the days of Noah, you 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 have no choice but to come to grips with what Christ said. Because going back to the days, first off, he's telling you that the day is going to be altered. And I mean your 365, 24-hour day. I mean the verbiage used there. He's coming right out and telling you that you're going to go back to those type of days. And... <clears throat> The, the one third, right? Right, and he's 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 telling you that yes, the actions and the actions are in, included as an afterthought. He says you're going to go back to the days of Noah, and they're going to be when that happens, they're going to go back to acting the way they were acting then. Which tells you what? We're back to the emotions, right? Right. Huh. So. Is that where restraint is as well? Well, what is restraint? I mean, what is it, yeah. Joe, whenever you want to steal this 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 candy bar, let's say, that your coworker left in the break room? Mm-hmm. And you don't. Where did that come from? You don't make that choice off desire. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. No, restraint. it's always, a, restraint. always Well, restraint is exercising the ex exact opposite of a want or desire. It's exact opposite, which exemplifies the list Christ gave as to how they're going to be acting during the days of Noah. As if all of a sudden – well, we know something's drastically wrong because God gets so mad he uh, tells death to flee from them, and they start – Knowing their tongues in agony, correct? Because they can't die. Right, right. Right? Yeah. Okay, so the life went somewhere, but it's obviously no longer in the blood. Right. Huh. Then that's why there has to be the, the beheading. Exactamundo, Joe. But it makes you ask okay. other deeper questions, too. I mean... You realize that the red blood cell is impossible. It don't have a nucleus. Right. It don't, I mean, it's actually a toroidal ring. That's what it is. That's where, well, that's where life is. It creates a toroidal tube. That's where the life is. I mean, you can ask anybody, is there such thing as a red blood cell? No, there can't be because it don't have a, a nucleus. It should immediately die. And it carries basically the components that make you rust. Everybody right. knows this. I mean, when you're anemic, yep. what do they what do they prescribe you? <laughs> Iron. Iron. Duh. Well, uh, how do you think you get hydrated? Well, I mean, that's basically mm -hmm. what the blood does. It carries blood, oxygen, and iron. Mm-hmm. So, 
after mm. the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne will there be a nucleus in the red blood cell? I, I don't know. Hmm. So, let's really talk about um, this strange occurrence of the wild beast going crazy in the book of Revelation. Is that before or after the great day? Um... I'm trying to remember on that. I thought that that had to do... I remember something about that with the writers. Right. And are the writers before or after? I thought the writers were before. That's right. Let's go to Uh, Revelation chapter 6, and please read for me verse 8. Okay, give me one second. Because this verse has got a whole lot of information that we just talked about. Everything we talked about in Genesis chapter 9 and breaking some things down in Genesis chapter 3, although very lightly, this this talks about everything, really. So have you got it available yet? Uh, it was Revelation 6. Yeah, verse, verse 8. Verse 8, okay. Give it's a mouthful. One, one second, okay. Revelation 6, 8... Uh, let's see. I looked, and behold, in a shorn horse... Oh, ashen. Gee. Let me start over. I'm sorry about that. I looked, and behold, an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades following with him. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and with famine and with pestilence and by the wild beast of the earth. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, you'll take note that after the great day of Hughes sitteth upon the throne, you would think that by an existential nature, the wild beast would get worse, right? Hmm. I mean, they would literally turn psychotic, right? Yeah. No. No, they don't. All of a sudden, after the great day of Hughes sitteth upon the throne... They go back. They don't kill anybody anymore. <sighs> Just the opposite. I'm. Yep. I guess I was thinking during. We're not really given that, though, are we? Of I, we we know that man. Uh, well, those that are not relocated, uh, they they gnaw their tongues. That's right. Um, but we're not really given the animals. I, I guess we're we're left to go back to the days of Noah to to go back and look at that. Then, well, we have to in both instances. We certainly had our cattle. Okay, right. all yes, the cattle marched through, uh, marched across the bottom of the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, and who was with Noah on the ark? Well, all the cattle. All the cattle. So. Uh no, I I got to trump you on that one. That's that's a duh question. Yeah, we'll we'll obviously have we'll obviously have our cattle, mm-hmm. but outside they're going to obviously turn into well what the Bible describes as the lamb lying down with the wolf. Ah. Now I know I probably just confused a lot of people. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible doesn't say the lion will lay down with the lamb. That's not what it says. 
this it uses wolf but um this is exactly what it's talking about that they won't be predators anymore they won't eat flesh so um and he i mean you have to admit joe Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter six verse eight. That's quite a mouthful. Mm-hmm. It's got a fantastic amount of information in there that you shouldn't have that much information in one verse. You just shouldn't. You said you should say you know uh, the first one. Um, you should probably give his number and his name, right? Mm-hmm. Then a sentence on what he's doing, and if he is going to kill, how much he's going to kill. That should be one verse. And then the next verse, you should talk about how he's going to kill. That should be three verses. It's not. This is all one great big alphanumerical wonder is what it is. But he's saying so much. I mean, he's screaming out to you that after the six seal event, they're not going to, the wild beasts aren't going to do this no more. When that doesn't make sense, it should go off the charts. Yeah, he would. You would. You would kind of lean that way. At least, you know, for the for the first. My first thought was, yeah, that that would with everything going on. But it's just the opposite. And getting back to Genesis chapter nine, verse twenty-one. Um, you know, when you realize that what was exposed was the midst of his tent and this is obviously this whole thing is talking about well if your diet changed it's talking about a whole whopping lot bigger tent than your personal home right <laughs> it's talking about your home being the planet earth oh now we know things are off the charts as this time a bow is able to be visible, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, this is this is a duh issue. But, you know, right. this is when the bow is seen, correct? This is when the covenant with the rainbow is seen, right? Correct. Now, uh, I've got a trick question for you. Okay. Um, concerning this bow, uh, it was seen there in H6051, Anon, cloud. When's the first time that word's used in the Bible? 6051? Yeah, cloud. Well, that would have to be it. That's correct. This is the first time it's used in Hebrew. I mean, Joe. Now we're now you don't you don't have a choice. I mean, we're mm-hmm. pushing the envelope extremely here. We're extremely pushing the envelope because. Um, so you want to tell me we go through the creation week, we go through the expulsion, we go through this, we go through that, and the first time the word cloud is used is in Genesis chapter nine verse thirteen. Does that make a whole lot of sense to you? Yes. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I, I guess because he just he uses uh, before that uh, he, he doesn't call it a cloud. It's like a, a mist. 
um, a mist. Well, that's definitely the condensation of water, but that's not even remotely close to being a cloud. No, that's what I'm I'm saying. clouds are seen every single day, Joe. Mm -hmm. How often do you see mist? Not very often. Not very often. But you see clouds every single day, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you not... Joe, what covers the tent... Of the earth? What covers it? The firmament. Well, I'm trying to be a little less technical. It's clouds. Or I clouds, mean, yeah. When you can't see the sun, what's blocking it? Clouds. Right. Clouds. So, um, by using the words that he uses here in this chapter, this is the first... Look, this is the first time you see wine... This is the first time you <laughs> – I mean, we're stretching the – this is the first time he uses cloud. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, – something massively – he's changing their diet. He tops it off with all of a sudden letting you know, by the way, from this – the terminus of this event. No, it was going to die. It, it was already planned. It was calculatable. He gives multiple uh, songs. I'm never talking about God singing here. That's that's what he does in this chapter twice. So all this massive information, um, mm-hmm. Joe, by inference, the prophetic nature of what he says in Genesis chapter nine verse twenty one is straight up telling you that before then there must have been total cloud cover all the time. Correct. Because this is a negative verse. It's negative. It's not saying... It brings up the simple fact that there is a breach in the tent. Not that the breach had forgotten to be closed. It doesn't say closed. It doesn't say that Noah forgot to close his tent. It's not what it says. So it infers that before the event, the tent was naturally closed. He's pointing out to you the anomaly. All of a sudden... The tent's exposed. So, yeah. you realize if you had a 100% cloud cover over this planet, you realize you wouldn't need air conditioning anymore. You wouldn't, need a, you wouldn't need a furnace anymore. Did you know that? Yes. The climate would immediately stabilize to about 70 to 72 degrees. Do you do know that's what they – what room temperature is, right? That's what yes. they call room temperature? Yes, sir. And they've called it room temperature for hundreds of years, and everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the simple fact that the scientists know this is beyond any shadow of a doubt. But it means that – well, it would mean that we would have to be on a zero-degree axial tilt, and then everything would bloom. I mean everything would, would bloom. Well, do you realize what would happen if you would stand on the North Pole? If you were to go to Noah's North Pole after this day, well, Joe, it would stay twilight all the time. The sun would just travel around the horizon. Oh, yeah. And it would immediately, of course, after probably about 30 days without the use of the jet stream, everything would massively normalize very quickly. So within 30 days, you'd start growing trees. Your uh, oxygen content would be incredible. Uh, Right, as would the barometric pressure. 
Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So then yeah. you would, uh, <laughs> well, if you were to drink alcohol, you would have quite a head for it at that point. That's right. Because you'd have perfect ability to say, <laughs> oh, my goodness, I don't even drink and I know this. Do you know what I learned from all my buddies? Hmm. Do you know how you can pre- absolutely 100% prevent getting you from having a hangover? No. When you're done drinking, you fill up a two-liter that you had your Coke in to mix the drinks. You fill mm-hmm. it up with water and drink it because the reason why you get a hangover is because you're dehydrated from the alcohol. Did you know that? I have, I have heard that. Yeah, well, uh, I, uh, being in the military, I watched my whole platoon do it. Okay. So beyond any shadow of a doubt, I can prove to you that is the case. And I marveled after Sergeant Mack because he ordered them to do it. It was an mm. order. So if anybody come to a formation the next morning with a hangover and they couldn't uh, function as a soldier, mm, that's when they got disciplined. Gotcha. So, so it was, was actually it okay. was actually a rule in our platoon that you had to drink two liters. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to watch. And yes, Joe, uh, just so you're wondering, like on you know uh, New Year's Eve and all that stuff. Of course, I was the most popular person. You see, mm-hmm. because I could drive, mm-hmm. and I could also make, and I would also make up a list and go fill up the two liter a bottle. No, you need to set up. Here, now you can pass out. And literally, sometimes I would just let go of their neck and they would boom. They they were gone, but they got their two liters of water. They would all get up in the morning and have to urinate, and they would, and uh, they wouldn't even have a headache. Wow. That's the truth. It's the alcohol that dehydrates you. That's why you get a hangover. That's why. But under these circumstances, you would have perfect uh, blood to oxygen saturation. Your right. body, you, your body wouldn't have to work too hard to to do it. You, so under, you, under these circumstances, though, you wouldn't have the fermentation, though. It, well, it, I, now, 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 we're not trying to be psychic here. Um, well, we don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what would happen to yeast, but we do know this: yeast requires a dark, moist environment, right? Yes. Well, like I said, your your condensation levels would be – I don't even know what they would be, to be honest with you. Mm. Well, let's, let's do this. Uh, meteorologists today, they call this the dew point. Yes. Like if you go to weather.com uh, or whatever, with the news, they'll give you the, the dew point because the dew point changes no matter where you're at. It's uh, what's the barometric pressure, what's the temperature, what's your altitude. That'll tell you because it changes, and people just don't realize this, Joe. They just – they don't understand that no, ladies and gentlemen, when you go out in the morning in your car and you know, um, you've know you got this mist on your car, um, that just isn't a natural occurrence every day. Literally, the temperature has to be correct, and that changes that condensation point changes. It's it's not it's not a law. So you take note that 
uh, during the wintertime, they change it on your forecast because it won't be mm-hmm. the dew point. It'll be the frost point. Right. And it's grossly different, Joe. But this would stabilize. See, I'm, I remember that uh, a few years back. It used to be a uh, uh, little race team. We'd go, go out to the racetrack, uh, quarter-mile racing. And uh, but that was that was one of the things we had to watch uh, extremely close was you know when you're you're trying to set your time and either you know either you had to stay within that time or stay under it you didn't want to uh, break out as they call it uh, but we had to watch the weather you know, especially the, uh, the the moisture and the uh, barometric pressure for to, for doing what I'm sorry uh, racing. Well, what kind of racing? You mean running? Uh, no, quarter mile. I'm sorry, race car. Race car. Uh, what on earth does the barometric pressure and the condensation point have to do with race car driving? Uh, just because if you have too much moisture in the air, it doesn't. Uh, well, it it doesn't really, uh, especially uh, at the altitude that we're at. Um, uh, we don't have the oxygen like we do. Uh, you would at sea level. So when you inject uh, too much moisture into that, that uh, that can uh, change the uh, burn. I see. Because I, you really had me stumped there for a minute. Because like at the Indy 500, they don't give a flying rip. Them bad boys will go 200 miles an hour whether it's raining or not. Right. But they are only at like uh, 600 feet or something like that. And you're saying that where you're at, you're a lot higher. Correct. Oh, and you're you're on the other side of the Mississippi from them, so you're yep. you're on the wrong side of the one hundredth parallel. You got it. So, wow, this is uh, this is incredible. You're you're teaching me something. Um, man, I understand. Um, well, I worked in machine shops. Um, I just didn't realize that that would massively. I guess. I wonder if that's why they don't, or do they? Uh, race horses at your elevation, or do they, they just do that in Kentucky or wherever? They, we did. Uh, it didn't last. I don't. Well, it was around for a while, and then it just it it, it went away. Uh, there was actually um, a race, a little horse racetrack, but it wasn't it wasn't near as big. Well, you, you, there's it, no way you could run those horses as long as you do. Right, because they would just kill over because they weren't getting enough oxygen. Right. Bingo. So bingo, same exact reason. Um, that's what a horse is. It's just a soft machine rather than a firm machine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is what we're talking about here. Um, when we go back to the days of Noah, it's going to be a whole lot different than you think it is, because the laws of physics are going to, well, they're obviously going to be changed. I mean. The law is only what God says it is. That's the law. I mean, if he wakes up one morning and he says, you know, today uh, pelicans are going to be purple. Well, they're that purple. color, they're they're purple. That's what they are. And if he did, gets up one day and decides that turtles are going to be fluffy, well, guess what? Uh, they're going to start growing fur. So I... I, I it just blows me away that with this particular chapter, how much information you're given. And the first time that information is given, I mean, we already mentioned wine, cloud, 
it's it's off the charts everything that's it, going on here. It, it is off. I and I didn't see that with the tent, but that makes way more sense with the with, with the rainbow now. Well, yeah. Of, of that uh, break in the uh, yeah. Yeah, and the first this time, uh, you know, the cloud, and mm-hmm. there's a bow in that cloud. We immediately makes me think of well. If he's exposed, you're also exposed at night. Was this the first time you could see the Milky Way? Because the Milky Way is a cloud, Joe. Yeah. It is the cloud. It's the cloud. Oh, I didn't even put that in yet. I was still marveling over just the uh, just the regular. Well, uh, you Joe, know, the, the, the refraction that we see, but uh, well, Joe, you've heard me talk about this before. Don't say you haven't. I, I have no, no, no. Out I that just the bow is the Milky Way. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm just. I, I had not. My, my little brain had not, uh, had not grasped that or put that in the equation thus far. And it's not too far after that that we, of course, get the promise about the stars and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, uh, well, that's six chapters later in Genesis 15. But all of this makes you wonder, well, ladies and gentlemen, at night you wouldn't have been able to see the stars. That's true. You wasn't able to see them until Noah was exposed. Until his tent was opened in the midst. Which, <laughs> well, that's what drives our weather. That's what drives the jet stream. It's because we're tilted and all the chaos going on on the equator. Just ask an airline pilot that has to fly over the equator. They'll tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. It's total chaos there. So, uh, wow, the importance of Genesis chapter 9, Joe. The importance of it is mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah, to say the least. To say the least, that's... Uh... Yeah, I just got. I like I said, I just I just listened to you know this other individual, and like I said, I appreciate the the info that they were uh, trying to get out. But it just it took my mind, and it, it just got me going in a totally different direction of really thinking about the the mechanics of what was going on. Of you know, I I had always wondered why he decided to grow a vineyard. And then all of a sudden he's drunk, and then lo and behold, I come across this little, you know, uh, recording, and and it just really got my you know the gears meshing there. Of there's a lot more there than than what I'm, than anything you know any other time that I've ever read it. I really need to study and and look at this because there's there's a ton more info. Well, let me let me give you something else. It's a first. I mean, if if it's not too much. No. All right, let's talk about what else happens after they uh, all came out of the ark in verse 10. It says, uh, and all flesh shall never be cut off. That is H3772, cut off, cut off, cut off. This is its its event horizon. This is it. This is the first time it's used in the Bible. Huh. So, uh, oh my goodness, Joe, uh, the things that are here. Yeah. Um, and, you, you, you know, why don't you 
read verse 11 for us, the, the whole thing. Because I'm pretty interested to see your, to hear your take on it. They say this is uh, 9-11? Uh, yes, 9-11. Okay. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood. Neither shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. What do you think that destroy means? Because it doesn't mean destroy. Mm -mm. That's not what it means. It means to uh, rot or to ruin, decay. Okay. It means to decay. That that's what it means. The first time it's used in Genesis, well, of course, chapter six. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God. Oh, okay. And the earth was filled with violence. Um, so he's coming right out and telling you there in nine eleven. That uh, no, it's not destroy. No, it doesn't mean to annihilate. That's that's not what it means. It doesn't mean destroy. It means to rot or corrode. Which let's talk about grape juice again. Okay. Grape juice is good and it's sweet, right? Yes. Well, once it decays, or once it's corrupted, or once it corrodes, hence ruin. That's the word that probably should have been used here is not destroy but ruin maybe well it tastes really bad and it gets you really hammered it actually does the opposite you do realize Joe hmm. that, 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 that grape juice is a well very good way to oxygenate the baby or the well yeah the baby of course uh, that's why on the WIC program uh, they give out so many juices to uh, the mother That that's why they do that for the WIC program. They want them, the mothers to drink a lot of juice. But anyway, um, <laughs> the body, I meant. It's a good way to oxygenate the body. But, Just because of the properties of it? Right. But after it's ruined, it dehydrates you. It does just the opposite. It does just the opposite. And that's all right here. That's, that, that's all right here in Genesis chapter 9. So going back to the days of Noah is going to be, um, well, kind of like Revelation describes. It's going to kind of give you shell shock. Gotcha. And we know from, well, do I want to talk about that or not? Um, well, is the solemn assembly? Well, a whole lot more is going to be existentially happening to us. Um, at this solemn assembly. Um, I mean, the Lord our God, He just doesn't have any problems with telling you what's going to go on. Um, you know what? Let's 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 finish off with this. Why don't you turn uh, to uh, and let me think about this. Am I really wanting to do this? Yeah, Joe. Why don't you turn to Psalms thirty-two real quick? Okay, it's not very long. Um, but it's very important, and uh, it's quoted in the New Testament, of course. Uh, let me see. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 7. Quotes from this, and it doesn't mean what you think it means, but that's beside the point. Uh, these 11 verses, God's going to come out and tell you things you don't want to know. 
And when I point it out to you, it's probably going to make you nervous, and you're going to be like, well, why would God do that? But Why don't you read it for us? Uh, please let us know what translation you're using first. I've got the NASB. Very good, uh, very good, very good. That'll uh, work just fine. Do you want me to start at the beginning? Oh, yes, at the beginning. Okay. A Psalm of David, uh, a masculine. Uh How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgive the guilt of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you, in a time when you may be found. Surely, in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are in my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surrounded me with songs of deliverance. Salah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. And shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. So, before you read this, did you realize there was coming a time when God, your prayers would not reach God? I'm just going to ask you point blank. Did you know that? Had your preacher, your teacher, whoever you call your prophecy expert, did they ever tell you the day's coming when your prayers are not going to reach God? Because that's what he just told you. Right up front. No, I've never heard anyone else speak of that. Well, read verse 6 again for us. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. Don't you think that's pretty important for mm -hmm. Bible prophecy? I mean, let's talk about the rapture, Joe. The rapture doctrine dictates that you're going to heaven, correct? Correct. So if you're sitting at your own wedding feast at the table, how in the name of the Lord my God, not everybody else, is, no, I said the Lord my God, how in the name of the Lord my God is your prayers not going to be able to hear him if he's sitting right next to you? <laughs> yeah, it kind of knocks that out of the water. And I'm glad you... Stated water, because this says mm -hmm. many waters in the flood of many waters, Joe. 
That's what it says. Many water. And, well, that exact Hebrew phrase is in the book of Revelation. You did know that, right? Of many waters? Yeah, yeah, That this exact phrase, many waters. Yes. All right, well, you might want to know the exact location is in Revelation chapter 14, of course, 17 and 19. You might want to you might want to pay attention. Okay. Because um, the first instance is of course when the second numbering occurs in Revelation, although it fulfills the first part of the promise. But the reverse is happening. It doesn't make any sense. It says what was you reading in the New American Standard Bible? Is that what you were using? Yes. Yeah? Sir. Okay, I'll read it now. <clears throat> And I heard a voice from heaven. All right, Joe, wake up. Mm-hmm. This is the exact opposite of a prayer, right? Yep. This is the exact opposite. J- just so you know. Um, and I heard a voice from heaven, like the sound of many waters. Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. And like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. Now... The second time is in 17. Uh, then one of the seven seals who had the seven bowls came and spake and to be saying, Come and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on what? Ah, yes. Many waters. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 6. Then I heard something like a voice <laughs> of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters. And like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. So, um, pretty important that uh, everybody take a real close look at that stuff. But, and I'm sorry to break that to everybody, but there's coming a time... Um, when God's not going to hear your prayers, and he, he just told you, but God's like that. He's not a respecter of persons. He's just you – can, you can rely on him to just tell you the way it's going to be, Joe. He's just going to, he's just going to tell you. Right. And uh, that's why this verse, when it's, it's quoted in Romans chapter 4, verse 7, it's not really your, your – Translation isn't covering it right because that Greek word is the word for witness with a prefix aleph on it. It means anti-witness. That's what it means. So saying that your sin is covered is not what this chapter is about. He's saying that you haven't repented of your sins. You're supposed to bear witness against yourself. Hmm. So literally what this says is how blessed is he who's Sin or rebellion, that's what it is. Blessed is he whose rebellion is forgiven and whose sin or shortcoming, it really means shortcoming, where you fall short, is uncovered or witnessed against. It's when you admit, you know, it's it's when you pray and ask, you have to bear witness against yourself. That's what repentance is. So reading this this way, how blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. No, that that, that, that don't cut it at all. 
that doesn't cut it for this translation. Yes, it is covered, and yes, it is forgiven. But transgression and sin, no, no. Sin is the first one. That's rebellion. It should be rebellion and shortcoming. Or, oh, I don't know. Some churches used to say backsliding. But I guess that's not a, you know, I guess that word's passed out of usage. But, yeah, you need to take another read of Romans chapter 4 because he goes way out of his way to describe to you the work of the law. The work of the law is circumcision. It's it's taking a sacrifice and uh, telling the truth is not a work, Joe. That that's okay. not a, that that's not a work of the law. A work of the law was a labor of the law. You had to physically do something, like go buy a cow and take it to the priest so he could sacrifice. That's a work of the law. Loving the Lord thy God. That's not a work at all. So anyway, um, everybody needs to realize. Um, that when you go back to the days of Noah, and and I, Joe, I haven't. I mean, we're twenty minutes past the hour, and I've only lightly described the physics of it. But it's no, it's it's it has to be mind blowing the physics that are involved in in this situation. Yeah, just the simple fact that our diet's going to change is mind blowing. And you better be careful what you eat, I guess. Mm. Because we know mm. what happened to Noah. He got hammered. Yep. But we have no idea what it's going to be like going reverse. We have no clue what kind of physical changes we're going to see. Because saying that the life is no longer in the blood, you're you're off the rails, Joe. Yep. We don't even know. Well, Joe, the medical industry mm -hmm. doesn't have a remote clue as to where that is. And they all hate God because of it. Because the instant after death, you shouldn't be dead, Joe. Because all the chemicals are there, right? Yep. You still got warmth in your body, right? Yep. It just doesn't work just because God says so. Exactly. That that's it. He, he you, Joe. <laughs> no, we, you know, I guess just a, a quick example. Uh, uh, just last weekend, my wife, uh, one of her cousins, passed away, and it was uh, Friday. She was diagnosed with uh, some. some I, I can't even pronounce it. It was so long the diagnosis, but it really. When you really studied it, it, it 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 amounted to basically them saying they don't know. Um, it was something to do with uh, extreme pressure upon the brain, but they didn't know exactly what was causing it. Um, I think it was from that diagnosis within 16 hours she was she was gone. Um, you know. But you know, there was they they didn't have a clue on on how to treat it, or 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 what to do. They were just starting to run tests. But we, you know, for one thing, I know for sure was you know when that happened, I knew that God decided to that that was it, and that was that was the end of it for me. I didn't need any medical studies. I just knew that God that was that was that day. How old was she? Um. 
early, I want to say she was early 40s. Early 40s? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't need to speak too much to that. Hey, I had a blast, man. Me too. I love getting together and talking about God's Word. Mm-hmm. All right, that's really what we did. I mean, everybody else thinks that this was scripted and planned, but no. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I literally sent you a message. Hey, are you free today? And Joe responds, "Well, I've got some car work to do." So, and why? What are you thinking of? And I just I sent him a message saying, "No, I just feel like hanging out. Let's just hang out." That's what we just did, ladies and gentlemen. We, we didn't do a Bible study. We just hung out. I mean, right, Joe? Am, am I wrong about that? No, you're 100 percent right. I didn't know where this was going to go. I had, you know, like I said, I was uh, thinking about uh, Noah, but that was about as far as I had gotten uh, on that. We was just pondering that in my mind, and, and well, that well, was we it. got we got to do a comparison contrast because you let the cat out of the bag, and you kind of stated that. Now I just listened to this other teacher, so I'm going to force you. Hmm. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to force you. So. Whatever program you were listening to, did you learn more there in that Bible study, or did you learn more with us just hanging out? Oh, no, it was by far more hanging out. It was just, I was just curious on where this individual was going to take this information. It was about a 12-minute little thing, and it went about the same way that I, I, I expected it to go. I was just curious to see, you know, uh, if if maybe they had something a little more to add, just just to see. Uh, but it, I, you know, God always, you know, then he then 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 the questions arise, where he's, you know, he you start uh, thinking of the, of the correct questions to ask. Wait a second, there's a lot more here than what I was originally. So I mean, I like I said, I appreciate that whole thing because it got my mind going in uh the correct direction at least on that matter but but as far as spending time with you no uh <laughs> no it was no comparison there wasn't uh, wasn't anything to learn it was just a that was just the origin of those thoughts all right well uh fair enough so um I'm going to have to push you further because then you brought something else up, and, and I have the unfortunate ability to hear, well, perceive everything. You said that it said about what you expected, correct? Mm-hmm. Did we discuss anything that you expected to discuss today? So his program, I guess it could have been a her, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You said that you got what was expected from that. Did you get what was expected from this? No. No, really? Well, you know me pretty well, Joe. That's mm -hmm. kind of surprising. Well, I got more than what I expected. How about that? How about that? No, I'm always blown away because uh, it, it takes me, you know, you brought up things that, that I, I wasn't, um, my mind wasn't going there. And so you pushed me to go, wait a second, there's a little bit more that you're not seeing. So, uh, so yeah, I, yeah, no, it's not saying that it wasn't, I expect, uh, us to have a, a wonderful conversation, uh, no matter what I enjoy, I really, really enjoy, uh, this time with you. 
and, and every time I spend with you, but um, it always, you know, uh, you always leave me. I've got another page and a half full of notes here in front of me. So, <laughs> you know what? Such a shame, Joe. Is time. Mm. I mean, what you're really saying is, is that this time I talked about things that I hadn't talked about before when I talked about this. Right. That's just too bad because when we get to the Tabernacle of David, mm. you realize. Mm. I mean, you realize we'll just be able to run this into the ground, so to speak, right? Yes. We'll be able to take this this peg, this bulb, and drive it to the ground, sink it home, you know? That, yeah. That's what it's always referred to, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever you sink a nail in wood or you sink a uh, tent peg in the ground, it has to be driven home or a little bit of wind will pull it out. And... uh you know, I, I I do apologize for that. I mean, I've talked to so many people, and it's always been so limited and such a shame because I can never bring everything up. I mean, there's no way, ladies and gentlemen, I can bring up everything up. So it's just when that time is beautiful. And tonight, Joe took me in – I mean, I didn't – Joe didn't take me anywhere. I was just looking at God's Word. And, and look, I didn't – how many verses did I actually mention in that chapter, Joe? A few? Yeah. I mean, imagine yeah, I imagine what would have happened if I'd looked at every single verse, because I was just randomly looking down, and wherever my eye caught, I just knew what it said, so I just wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it a beautiful time. But there's going to come a time when we won't have to worry about time. I mean, mm-hmm. just think, Joe, you won't have a time clock. Look, Amen. Joe, uh, imagine this. If you want a banana split, you won't have to – the first thing that always comes to your mind when you want a banana split is, is Dairy Queen open? You won't have to worry about it no more. No more time clock. You that won't sounds... have – I mean that is the slave of our time mm-hmm. is that time clock. We're a slave to it, but uh, there's going to come a time when if we want to stay up till, you know, four or five days – talking about Genesis chapter 9, we can knock ourselves out. We can drive it home. We can drive right. it home. Well, that'd be awesome. Well, it will be awesome. Um, and it sounds like uh, there's going to come a time when uh, it's going to be a one-way communication, because right now, you know, everybody gets upset. God never answers my prayer. He never talks to me. Yada, 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 yada. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you better talk to him while you can. You better repent of your rebellion and have your shortcomings covered while you can. Because after this day, I'm sorry, it's going to be one-way communication. You're going to hear him, but he's not going to listen to you. That's what he come out and said, and he didn't have any problems telling it to you. He didn't have any problems saying, look, there's going to come a time when it's going to be up to you. I'm not going to listen to you. And you had better have had listened to me, because that will be, of course, in the midst of Corral's rebellion. Hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have a whole lot on your plate, because praying is not going to help you. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. And you better not get a stupid idea in your head to pray to the Exodus angel, because he ain't going to take it lightly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, just so everybody knows... uh, 
read, memorize, uh, I don't know, Psalms 32. You know, it's got, it's got Salah moments in there. More than one. And that number's important, by the way. I mean, he's, he's coming right out and telling you what he's going to do. He don't have a problem telling you, ladies and gentlemen. But for me and Joe, it's going to be exciting, man. I'm going to hang out with Joe. Um, are you good? Are you good with hugs? Uh, yeah, I'm good with hugs, man. All right, all right. I'm, 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 a, good I, with... I'm a huggy person, so. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm good with sitting in the dirt too. Just sit down, eagle style, and or Indian style. I think they call it. Yeah, it's Indian style. Yeah. Sorry, I, I said that wrong. You lay down. Yeah. I don't know what. What do I know about <laughs> such things? I know God's word. <laughs> you sit down Indian style, and you know. Have you some, you know, chips and orange mm. juice and just have a blast, man. Yeah. That's, that sounds good. Yeah. Amen. Well, Joe, we really did push the envelope tonight, I take it, from your comments. Very much so. All right. Good stuff, man. Hey, are we going to do a small talk this weekend? I would very much like to. Don't be I ripping would... me off, man. I'm no ripping off, no ripping off. Uh, no, I even I even got uh, another set of uh, little headphones, just just for the uh, just for the occasion. So oh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so well, yeah, let me uh, let me get with the, the the better half, and we'll set that up. Well, just so you know, we're going to be doing uh, inheritance. So okay. Rachel had me go through my keepsakes, you know, because I like got my sash from CYC and stuff. Mm. And we're going to talk about how this is junk. You know, this is my mom's, you know, but mm -hmm. this is junk. I didn't inherit that from my mom. This is just a keepsake. So anyway, yeah, I'll be bringing some, uh, wow, some stuff from when I was a kid. And she's going to bring some stuff, too. And we're going to talk about, you know, everybody thinks this is their inheritance, but it's not. Right. So I'll show everybody some cool stuff. Okay. So anyway, if you want to bring some keepsakes from your grandma or whatever you know i will have to look i think I, i've only got a couple things oh, well i'm sure the ladies are going to get a kick out of it because they'll sit there and want to talk about this is the doily that my aunt made in <laughs> florida during you know <laughs> during labor day or something I don't know. right and that's really what it's for we can get together and hang out with the women and uh okay Learned some today about, uh, well, bone of bone and flesh of my flesh, huh? Learned a whole lot today. So, anyway, all right. Um, Joe, uh, wow, I had a blast. And, uh, Me too. What's your Facebook page? It's Joe Musidla. Um, nine. I right? still need to contact them. Uh, I will do that. And and get the other one and get the other one sorted out. I I forgot that there was two. But uh, if ladies and gentlemen, if you if you do want to find me, uh, J O E M U Z Y D L A or uh, J Musedla on Twitter. But uh, if if you want me on Facebook, all you have to do is look for the picture with me and a guy that looks exactly like me my twin brother and then there's another gentleman between us but uh then you'll know you have the right one and you can send me a message and and we'll uh we'll get together yeah it's joe musidla nine that's what i thought it was it's j or it's joe dot musidla dot nine on facebook that's okay I just wanted to do. so uh ladies and gentlemen until next time 
um, get prepared, get your tools together, get your uh, hammer and your razor knife, your square, your tape measure, your pencil, get everything in your tool belt for Joe's next, ah, yes, arc building with Joe Musidla. When is that going to happen, Joe? That is tomorrow evening. my very special guest, my uh, twin brother, uh, Sean, he's at Lovian with me. And yes, ladies and, ge- ladies and gentlemen, you will. We have an activity that we have planned for for us to do as well as the listeners. So you will need a pen and then a loose sheet of notebook paper. Um, I told you it was going to be epic. That's that's going to be epic, man. So, gonna- uh, ladies and gentlemen, as soon as I get the audio, make no mistakes. Um. The instant I get it in the same motion, I will download it. I will turn right around and open up the uh, the dashboard and get it uploaded. So you won't have to wait for me. Um, I'm faithful. Always have been. As soon as I get the audio, it will go up the first time that I can get to my computer. I mean, I know sometimes I'm at work or whatever. But, uh, yeah, you'll get it as soon as I do. So no reason to send me messages about why haven't you put it up yet. So... As soon as he gets it to me, it will be posted uh, as faithful as humanly possible. So, Joe, I had a blast, and thank you for joining us on Pushing the Envelope. I'll thank you. The uh, the honor, uh, just, it, dude, it's always a blast just to spend time with you. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.